as this being the last Sunday in February, and also we recognize February uh, for Black History Month. And there's a lot of history that we should always remember to see where we've come from. The choir just got done singing the song about Moses going telling Pharaoh, let my people go. We have black history because we had some people that went to the powers that be saying, let my people go. And throughout that victory, we've seen a lot more civil liberties allowed to people regardless of race, creed, and color. But yet, if people were not persistent and looking a way to provide liberty, where would we be? If Moses did not go back to where he came from, to go face Pharaoh in the midst of adversity, where would the children of Israel be? We can look in history and name some people that have made a difference for America. They happen to be African-American, but yet it's amazing how they impacted America. Thurgood Marshall, we know him being the Supreme Justice, but do you know he was the lawyer for Brown versus the Board of Education? But before that major movement of act, there was another case that impacted us so negatively that we, were st we are still recovering to this day. It was a case dealing with a man named Homer. Homer Plessy. You might have heard the case of Plessy versus Ferguson. In Louisiana, they made a statute that they will separate the carts based on people's color. So they had a white cart, they had a black cart. This is just after we just had a victory over civil war and we were given the 13th or 14th amendments, but then some policies started being made based on people's color. And to see, see how foolish this policy was, they separated the blacks from the whites, but since black nurses did not, uh, since white nurses did not take care of black children, the black nurses were all allowed to take care of the white children. It's amazing how only when it's convenient, people will make laws that suit their needs, but do not look how it can benefit somebody else. And so they were testing this law and see this, and this man named Homer happens to sit down on the train, lets the person know that I am a Negro, because he can pass. Y'all know what I'm talking about here? He could pass as being white if they didn't look closely. He went into his defense and I am seven-eighth Caucasian, one-eighth Negro. And so therefore they broke out and said, does one drop of blood make me black? Hello. The court system, Supreme Court system, did not want to touch that. They said that's for Louisiana to decide. But they did say it is okay to be separate but equal. And then we had the mess that we had. Because the Supreme Court decided because you're black, it's okay that you will be treated as a second-class citizen, even though we just gave you the amendments to make you be treated equally, we decided that as long as we separate you, we're treating you equally. But you see how people didn't stop fighting for the proper provision of liberty. That's why we have Brown versus the Board of Education that went back and changed Plessy versus Ferguson. And we're still fighting to this day for equality. 
but yet you still have to press on through. We're going to look in the text and seeing about in Mark's second chapter how Jesus himself kept on pressing through through opposition to provide liberties for people. You'll see in this text how the Pharisees were opposing Christ and all that he was doing for his disciples. And in the text, I want you to see that there's questions being asked and there's answers and then sometimes there's no answers. Look who's asking the question and look who always answers. And see how Jesus responds. Mark's second chapter, starting at verse 23, the word of God said, And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. And his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have you never read what David did when he had need and was unhungered, and he that went where with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat but for the priests, and gave also to them which were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Continue on, the third chapter said, And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he said unto him, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil? To save life or to kill, but they held their peace. And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straight away took counsel with Herodians against him, how they might destroy him as we look in this text we can see how jesus is the perfect provider i i want you to look here and see how jesus had opposition that was looking to oppress him to keep him from moving forward and the problem is here that the pharisees were upset that jesus was teaching with such authority that jesus was gaining such a crowd that no longer were the pharisees looked as ones that knew all the law because they tried to question jesus you see there's questions being asked here they said to jesus and to his disciples why do you do what is unlawful and the answer from jesus is have you not read <laughs> You see here, the people that are opposing him are acting like they know the law, which they should know. And Jesus is questioning them, how much of the law do you know? The problem here is that they know the letter of the law, but do not look to the spirit of the law. When you look into the letter of the law, it means that I know what it says literally, but I'm not understanding the proper application. Look here, the disciples following Jesus. Jesus is not a rich man. Jesus is not getting people to give him alms and money every day left and right. Jesus and the disciples were hungry, y'all. Have you ever been hungry before? And you just ate whatever was available? 
You can see here the providence of God, how God knows your needs and how we can meet your needs. And Jesus and disciples were going through the grain fields. And, and it said they were picking corn. And, and the corn here is not maize or corn as we know it, but the corn here is wheat. Barley, grain, this is what they call corn at that time. And this is what they were eating, some wheat, some grain, and just to meet their needs. They, it didn't say they were putting it in baskets, trying to go, because what they were being accused of was breaking the law. Jesus is, knows the law because why? Well, he made the law. The Bible says to keep the Sabbath holy. And then they get specific, says you should not work on the Sabbath. Now, this is not Jesus' field, nor was it the disciples' field. So how were they working? They were not harvesting grain for themselves to gain prosperity. They were harvesting grain. They weren't even harvesting grain. They were picking the grain for the necessity. Jesus knew the perfect provision. He knew that by us doing this, we're not being wrong. We're doing what is right. The Pharisees did not understand, so Jesus gave them the example. King David, you, you know King David, the guy you are so excited. King David, the, the one that is rule, supposed to rule forever. King David, while before he was King David, he was running for his life from Saul. He and his companions were hungry, did not have any food. Said he went to the tabernacle, went to the high priest and ate of the showbread, which was unlawful to do. And he ate of the bread and gave it to his companions. Why? He was in need. See, Jesus, as the perfect provider, will provide for you even when opposition's in your way. Even when conflicts are coming against you. Have you been there before? That somebody was able to help you out when you couldn't help yourself. That's perfect provision. They don't give you what you don't need. They give you what you need at the right time. It may be just a penny. And that penny helped you go a long way. It might have been a dime, a quarter, or a dollar. Whatever that necessity was, it was met. Sometimes it's just a drive down the street when it's cold outside. It met your need because you might have turned back because it was just too cold. But somebody came by and helped you out just to make it. Imagine if they did not eat, they could have fainted from hunger. They could have perished from hunger, but yet the need was met. The Pharisees would rather see people die to uphold the law of the Sabbath. While Jesus pointing out, look here, you're getting confused about what the Sabbath is. Jesus now is providing instruction. He says Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What he's pointing out here is that we oftentimes try to make things to suit our needs. I'll say that again. We oftentimes make stuff to suit our needs. The Pharisees were making laws to suit their needs. And they were prohibiting people from really resting on the Sabbath because by you resting on the Sabbath, you think you might be breaking one of their regulations because they, have to, they took the law of Moses and they helped to make man traditions that they passed down orally and people were to practice. But Jesus was pointing out, as you did not condemn David, how are you going to condemn me and my disciples for meeting our needs? And this, they're not, they weren't stealing. In Deuteronomy, it, pro it provides, in Deuteronomy 23, 24, you can see that the word of God provides that you can take up your neighbor's grains to meet your need. It says don't take a basket and harvest it, but you can't eat from. And it tells them not to overdo. 
It means that you should not over harvest, that you should rest and, and let the grains be gathered by other folks so that they can meet their needs. The Bible makes a provision. See, I like how God wrote his laws out. He wrote his laws out, not just for the people, but for the people to truly understand how they can help one another. And see, Jesus is not done teaching. See, I, I like how Mark puts this together. Mark puts this together to show that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Because it says this, that not only was the Sabbath was made, was made for man, that this here, I want you to understand, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. What does that mean? That means Jesus is equating himself now to God. That I am Lord of the Sabbath. I am above the Sabbath. This is the day that you should make holy because God has made it holy. But I am God and I made this law. And Mark is helping us to understand this even fully when he goes on to the next chapter and says, and another time. The Pharisees are watching again. They're all up in the synagogue, and they, there's a man in there with a withered hand. And, and, they, and they knew Jesus' heart, isn't it something? They knew Jesus' heart because they were waiting to see if he was going to heal him. Why were they waiting to see if Jesus was going to heal him? Because they knew that Jesus was in, the, in, 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 this, in providing. Jesus not only provides your necessities, but he provides you to make you whole. The perfect provider. He won't leave you empty. He provides to make them whole. This withered man here, Jesus is in the synagogue, and, and he realized what's in their hearts. Instead, he could tell. So what does he do? He calls this man in front of everybody. He calls him in front of everybody, using him as an object lesson. Say, maybe y'all didn't catch on when I talked to you about David because that might have been before your time. I want you to see right now that really what is truly in turn in of the law of God that he has given. He asked them now a question. Remember, they asked him a question. Why do you do what is unlawful? Jesus answered, have you not read about David? And then he, for the answer, said, Do you, the Sabbath was not, uh, man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. And he also answered, said, I am Lord of the Sabbath. So now, now Jesus has returned, uh, has reversed the roles. He now asks them, what is lawful? Is it lawful to do good? Or is it lawful to do evil? Is it lawful to save life? Or is it lawful to kill? And what did they answer? Absolutely nothing. It's hard to answer right when you know you're wrong. Because that pride gets in you. If I say something, they're going to catch me. So if I don't say something, I'll just play dumb. Have you been with people before when they know they're wrong? And you confront them with the question? And they start stuttering? Uh, uh, see what happened was, they, they have a story. They have a, a disclaimer. They, they have that small print. Sound what I'm saying, but this is not really what I'm saying. The Pharisees knew that I, we can't be found right because we know if we say, let this man die, they're going to look at us funny. But yet, if you don't say nothing, maybe we can still trap Jesus. See, Jesus is persevering and showing he can provide even in the midst of opposition. I, I'm glad how Jesus said that I am the good shepherd. When you look up the good in the Greek, you can find out it's talking about it's excellent. <laughs> He's the excellent shepherd. What is he saying? He's the awesome shepherd. What is he saying? He is the best. And he said, I will provide for you. So Jesus is letting them know, I know what is great. I know what is best. I know what is right for you. I am the perfect provider. That's why we say Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. Yes, he does. And so Jesus realized they were not going to answer. And he said he became angry. Amen. 
my, 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 my. Jesus became angry. Why was he angry? Because of the wickedness in these men's hearts. Jesus is pointing out, look, you would rather this man die than do what is right. And, do you, and he pointed out, said, if I don't, Jesus saying, if I do not do what I am supposed to do, then I am doing evil. You see that? You see it in the text? He asks, what is lawful? Is it lawful to what? Do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? The good that you should do and you do not, and so therefore when you don't do it, it's evil. So basically what I'm saying is this. When you don't do right, when you should do right, you're doing wrong. Am I talking to somebody here? Some of y'all might be feeling convicted right now because I've been there myself. When you knew what happened, but you didn't speak. I'll just be quiet. Maybe some of us will figure it out. But when you know what is right and you do not speak on what is right, you're doing wrong. Jesus is pointing out, look here, I've come for the lost. I've come to make the blind to see, the lame to walk. So this is part of my purpose. My part of my purpose is to provide sustenance in your life. That's why his disciples were able to eat, to have nutrition. Say, give me this day my daily bread. Uh, We need God to deliver to us food for our soul, food for our body in order for us to survive. We need to find this, that God will truly provide for us what we need. And we always ask God for what we want more than what we need. But what we need, Lord, is understanding of what your will truly is. And Jesus is pointing out, this is why I'm here. He told the man, stretch out your arm. I just want to stop there for a moment. Stretch out your arm. Have you ever been in need before? And the only way you could receive, you had to stretch out your arm. In order to receive some, you had to stretch out in order to get it. And this man had a withered hand. And Jesus told him to stretch on out. I'm glad that I can stretch my hand out to Jesus when I'm in need. And I know that when I stretch out to Jesus because I'm in need, I won't come back empty. (laughs) Because when he stretched out his hand, it became whole. Uh, That's Jesus providing, y'all. That when we can come to Jesus empty, we can come to Jesus hungry, we can come to Jesus thirsty, but we can walk away. With some living water. We can walk away with the bread of life. We can walk away whole. Jesus told this man, stretch out your arm. He stretched out his arm and the Lord provided whole. He hold, the arm became whole. One partially healed. But fully healed. And then look at the wickedness in the Pharisees' arms. They saw Jesus do this miraculous thing. But they were blinded. By their own pride. When you get blinded by your own pride, you stop from God fully providing in your life. I'll use this for an example. I'll let the Bible preach for a moment. The children of Israel were told by God that you will go into the land of milk and honey. The Bible also says that God said, I will not draw them out until you get there because the land will just go to dead. So he left those people there for the children of Israel to drive out so that they can just go ahead and get into houses that they didn't build, have fruit they didn't plant. But yet their pride and their fear blocked them from reaching that provision. Moses sent out spies to spy out the land, 
12 of them came back. Two were for, 10 were against. That 10 convinced the people to not go into the land. So therefore, God said, well, y'all going to die here in the wilderness. Except those who are faithful to me, they'll go to the promised land. When you allow your fear to blind you, it stops you from fully getting in the promised land. It stops you from really benefiting from all of God's blessings. Because the Lord is looking to provide in your life. But we have to be looking to say, Lord, I'm looking for you to provide in my life. We got to be open for that provision. We can't block our door. Jesus says, I am knocking at the door. Meaning, look, it's up to you to let him in. It was up to, to the Pharisees to see and receive this lesson from Jesus. They decided with their own might that we still think he's wrong. He's wrong for doing this on the Sabbath. They said he did evil, but Jesus, we know he did good. He is without sin. So he knew what was right, and he did what was right in the midst of opposition. That's why we get excited about Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because why? We know that even if I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall feel no evil. Because why? He is with me. He is the good shepherd. He will provide. Even when everything seems to be against me, I know with God for me, who can be against me? The perfect provider. Looking to be perfect in our lives. How? He wants to perfectly provide what you need in your life. Jesus tells us to be holy. As he isn't holy. How can I be holy? By following Jesus. I I want you to catch here. It's always in the presence of Jesus people became whole. In the presence of Jesus. People became whole. That means. When you invite Jesus. To come into your heart. And be your personal Lord and Savior. You're now walking with Jesus, and you're allowing the Holy Spirit minister to you. Jesus calls us to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. He wants us to be images of him, reflections of him. And so when you go to somebody else's house, go to somebody else's place, you should be taking Jesus with you. And when you testify about Jesus, you can see how people's lives will change. Because they can probably see you like that person with that shriveled up hand. They could see that something changed in your life. That we knew there was something different about you when the way you came. This man was, was healed in front of all the people. Jesus heals us in front of our witnesses, in front of people. So people can see that there's a change that happened in your life. And that's now the time for you to provide a testimony of the perfect provider. And in the pre- Jesus says, as you lift up my name, I'll draw all men unto me. See, in the presence of Jesus, people's lives change. In the presence of Jesus, we can be whole. That's why we want to have Jesus in our hearts. But when Jesus is not in your heart, you're, you're hardened. Like the Pharisees who said who left that day looking how they might destroy him. Looking how they might kill him. I I want you to understand today that people still don't like you. And they can see how God has made you whole in your life. But they still seeking how they can destroy you. Because when you don't fit into their plans, they don't like that. When you are successful following God and you don't follow what they want you to do, they don't like that. 
they'll talk about you. Talk about you going to church. Talk about you reading your Bible. Talking about you praying. But that's all right about them talking about you. Because while they're talking about you, you still should be talking to Jesus. And while you're talking to Jesus, you can say, Lord, bless them. For they know not what they do. And while you're talking to Jesus, say, Lord, I need you to provide in my life because I'm in need. I'm, I'm in need because some days I don't know how I'm going to pay my next bill. And, and I don't trust my job like I should. But I trust you. I don't know about my children, Lord, right now. My children are acting like they lost their minds. But, Lord, I know you could provide protection around my children. Lord, I'm praying for my marriage because I don't know what I'm going to do. But, Lord, I heard in your word what you have put together. Let no man put asunder. So, Father, I come to you to provide some resurrection in my marriage, to bring some wholeness in my marriage. Father, I'm caught into a habit. This habit I tried to break. I tried 1-800 numbers. I tried 1-100 numbers. I listened to Oprah. I listened to Dr. Phil. But I forgot to go to Jesus. But when I opened up my Bible, my word tells me that I can come heavy laden and I can lay down my burdens. And Jesus says, well, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <laughs> come and find rest for your soul. I'm glad today that Jesus is the perfect provider. I may be in danger and I don't know where to go. But if I'm following Jesus, I know where it's safe. It's safe in his arms. It's safe under his presence. It's safe under his name because by his name I've been saved. I've been redeemed. I'm glad today that Jesus can provide in my life when I can provide for myself. I may be in hungry. He will provide some food for me to eat. I may be sick laying in my bed but he can provide healing for my Body. I'm glad today that people may come against me, but their word is not stronger than his word. If he tells me to stretch out, I'll stretch out. He tells me to eat, I'll eat. If he tells me to run, I'll run. Knowing this, he will provide for me no matter where I go. Am I talking to somebody here? That no matter my, what my life goes through, I know he will provide for me. And why is that? Tell somebody, he's the perfect provider. No enemies will come against you. But no matter what, Jesus is still Lord. Jesus is God. And I'm glad today that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And while he's seated at the right hand of the Father, he can be having your names on his lips. He can be saying, Lord, I know about Aaron Blanks. <laughs> I need you to provide some blessings in his life. <laughs> I know about Sister Meredith. <laughs> you need to provide some blessings in your life. I'm glad today that Jesus knows all about my troubles, all about my problems, and he's looking to provide in your life. Am I talking to somebody here? Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to testify that the Lord's been providing in your life. 
Every step you took, that was a provision. Every meal you ate, that was a provision. Every breath you take, that's a provision that's coming from God. And so see Jesus for who he is. He's come for people like you and me who oftentimes fall into rough spots. But I'm glad that Jesus knows how to provide a smooth path. And the perfect provision that Christ provided for us is that he became sin offering for us. He provided his life so that we will have an eternal destiny. He provided his body to be broken and whipped for our iniquities. He provided his last breath so that God will forgive us of our sins. And then he died and they buried him in a tomb. But I want you to know that the Christ that was crucified, he rose again on the third day. And that's why he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And when you know him, when you know him, you'll know without a shadow of the doubt, you'll be following him through the grain fields, hungry, pains all in your body. But you say, Jesus, I'll follow you because I know you'll provide for me. You'll come to the house of worship, hurting in your body. Maybe have a withered hand or a withered heart or a withered marriage or with a child, but you say, Lord, I can give to this child. I know you can make it whole. We know that, Lord, you are who you said you are. You're Lord of the Sabbath. And you're more than that. You're Lord of my life. Can you make that decision today? Have your head bowed, have your eyes closed. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, just simply confess that Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I want to lead you in this prayer. God knows your heart. God knows your heart. Just repeat after me saying, Dear Lord Jesus, that's right. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. And you rose again from the grave on the third day. And Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And I thank you for forgiving me. And Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Amen.